Hi, Lioness. Welcome to the Lioness Method podcast for female business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders who are passionate about growing their leadership skills, building amazing teams, and solving real-life problems with a growth mindset. I'm your host, Narissa Sue, Master Integrated Breakthrough Coach, and today we are going to be speaking with the amazing Stacey Danford, MBE. She's also an educational neuroscientist and happiness expert and a professional speaker. I actually just watched her TED Talk this morning, so you guys have to go check that out. And Stacy is a one-of-a-kind mix of joy and neuroscience. With a master's degree in mind-brain education, she's the owner and operator of The Grateful Brain, a consulting company that uses neuroscience to help individuals, schools, and companies use their brain like never before. Stacy has been a gratitude consultant for the ABC News Show and Good Morning Texas, and has also spoken on the TEDx stage, like I mentioned. So welcome, Stacy. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love that name, Lioness. I'm so ready to be one. <laughs> yes, we're very fierce around here. It's all about letting that inner lioness out and really owning all of our best qualities. I love it. I love it. Wonderful. Well, I am really excited to take a deep dive with you today. There's so many things um, that I have questions about, but I guess we should start with who you serve and how you serve them. Awesome. Okay. I serve the average woman who thinks that their life is as good as it's going to be. And I love showing people that you're never too old to start over, that your brain mm -hmm. is wired to just go through the status quo. And really our brains are lazy and they're <laughs> built to go on automatic. That's how they will work. Unless you move your brain into intentional, it will always go on autopilot. And most of my clients, I would say, are people who have just kind of gone through a little down place in life and they know there's something better. They just don't know how to get there. And your brain is your secret weapon. And I help them learn how. Oh, I love that so much. And are you are you an NLP practitioner or no. what type of? No, we we do. Uh, our degree is called mind brain education. So we okay. go back to the neurobiology of the brain and understanding exactly how the brain works and when you use it for what it was designed to do instead of going against what your brain is supposed to be doing it's truly like a magical awakening because the brain you're never going to out trick your brain it's designed to do what it's supposed to do and as of right now we know less about the human brain than we do outer space and that's hard to imagine because we see <laughs> space as, you know, this massive thing. But really, we know less about the human brain than we do space. But what we do know is it has very specific processes. And when you work with those processes, that's when the magic happens. I love that. I love that so much. And how what what a tragedy, really, that we have NASA. We put billions of dollars into going into outer space, but we don't have that much information about how our brains work. Yeah. And, um, and I love, I love the neuroscience um, subject, the topic. So I'm so excited for, for you to share more about what, how we can reprogram our brains. So, yeah, I love it. That's what, as an educational neuroscientist, that's what mind brain education is. 
we educate people on the power of their brain. So, you know, it's not, we don't do brain surgery. We don't do, you know, traumatic brain injuries or anything like that. We just educate you on what your brain is capable of doing and why people keep repeating patterns of behaviors they don't want. And, you know, from anything to addiction to why you can't get up and work out in the morning. <laughs> and those are all patterns. And when you start using the patterns to work for you instead of against you, then you can get the life that you want. Wow, that is so powerful because I, I know that the woman listening probably has something that's on her mind that kind of nags her a little bit. Like, I wish I could change this. And I think that we as women, we get so focused on serving others. Uh, sometimes it, it, it does get a little challenging for us to focus on ourselves. Right. And to yes. be able to be open to looking for for support in all the things that you were just mentioning, addiction or just changing that that pattern if you want to achieve a goal like uh, going to the gym. Um, so what are some some tips that you have for the woman listening that would help her in that journey of kind of reprogramming her mindset to you know, work for her? I would say the number one thing is look at the behaviors that you repeat, because any repeated behavior is also a repeated pattern and your brain works on patterns. And that's what we were trained to do is look for patterns. Some of them you love, like tying your shoes. You know, you don't want to have to stop and rabbit ear, rabbit ear, cross, push, pull. You know, you don't want to do that for the rest of your life. <laughs> you learn that at one time and then it becomes a pattern. And but our behaviors work the same way. So a lot of my couple clients, they don't have 20 fights. They have one fight 20 times because <laughs> they're both repeating the same patterns. And if this person's repeating this pattern and this person's repeating a pattern, then their, their behavior and their marriage is going to keep repeating the same patterns as well. So it is so important for people to understand your own patterns. When you get upset, do you always go shopping? Do you always slam a door? Um, do you always yell? Do you always cry? What patterns are you repeating, good and bad? And that will tell you a lot about how your specific brain is working. Number one thing to do is look for repeated patterns because you can't change them if you don't know they're there. You know, so obviously awareness is the number one thing. But if you have a pattern that you don't want there and it's probably an emotional one, you know, maybe like you yell or, you know, you snap at your kids and you wish you wouldn't do that. Or maybe it's self-loathing. Lots of my women clients have that and they don't like the way they look. They don't like they're, they have low confidence, whatever it is. So I'll give you a little four-step method that works every single time. Uh, oh, called, yes, everybody get their pens and notebooks yeah. out. This is it, something to write down, ladies. It is an easy <laughs> method, and it will work every time because it'll create a pattern interrupter. So if you think about brains as a circle, pretend like your patterns are circles. They're not really circles. but And you want to open that pattern so it doesn't go to completion. Because anytime, you know, we get to the end of a behavior and you're like, why did I do that? And that is because it's gone all the way through a pattern and it doesn't signal you again until the end. And that's when we like, oh, what was I thinking or whatever. So this is a pattern interrupter. It's a four step method. It's the STOP method. So think about the acronym STOP. So the S stands for say your name. And it sounds crazy but it will open your patterns every time. So I personally say, Stacy, stop. And the minute I say that, 
you, you just felt the energy just whew. your brain is like, what are we stopping? What are we doing? So if you're behaving in a way you don't want to or you're feeling sad or you feel you've been rejected, just say your name and then say the word stop. It's a millisecond pattern interrupter. And then you can answer the question, what are you stopping? I'm stopping this behavior. I'm stopping crying, whatever it is. The T stands for take control of your breathing because our breathing is part of the autonomic nervous system. Our lizard brain helps us breathe. We don't think every day, oh, I've got to breathe. We just do it. And so when you are upset, you're breathing shallow mm -hmm. and we do different things with our breathing. But when you take over your breathing, you're also taking over the lizard brain and you're telling your lizard brain, hey, I've got this. So if you'll use the 333 breathing method, breathe in for three, hold for three, and then out for three. And then do that three times. It takes just a couple of seconds. You've done long enough to create, again, a pattern interrupter. The O stands for make an observation. Right now, wherever you are, in the middle of your frenzy or your upsetness, look around, make an observation and find something that you could be grateful for. It doesn't have to be life altering gratitude. It could be something as simple as sunshine or the squirrel out my window right now. I can go, oh my gosh, look at you. You're like a rat with a fur coat. You know? <laughs> it's something that's adorable. That's small, but it's long enough to force your brain out of the emotional brain into the prefrontal cortex. That's where you want it. Then the P stands for pause and hold that thought for 30 seconds. And that's what my TED talk was about is how 30 seconds can change your life. It truly can because it alters the chemicals and it alters the patterns. So you would just hold the thought of a little squirrel in your yard and think about the eyes that are able to see that squirrel, the, the excitement he has with his tail. Just think of something you're grateful for. By the time you're finished, the whole process takes less than a minute you have completely altered the pattern and you've completely altered the chemicals. I love that so much. And I think this example that you just gave us and this easy to follow four step process, it has so much power behind it because you just walked our lady through a process that gets immediate results, right? Yes. Because I think that's what a lot of the ladies listening are looking for is actual results because they've tried a million different things. Right. And, and I think that a lot of uh, a lot of women, myself included, until I started into this work, I also ha I used to have the belief that, oh, my gosh, I can't change. Like, however I am, is this how I am? I just need to accept it and kind of work with it. Uh, and so I love what you're saying. And, and then also giving a clear way, a clear pattern to go to to just kind of shift your mindset, shift your physiology yes. and use the breath. Because I, I love breath work so much. I'm actually a breath work facilitator. So we talk about the breath all the time all here. All the time. It's so crucial because your brain is using 20% of your body's oxygen. And mm. so when you're in an emotional frenzy, it's using oxygen and, and the blood flow moves to the emotional area, not the thinking area. And you want to get that brain calmed down so that oxygen will work for you instead of against you. Mm. And this method... I have used it in the most hurtful times of my life. And then I've used it, you know, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, it works every time. <laughs> uh, the first time I actually tried it was in when my husband had left me. And of course, you know, that's like an emotional heartbreak. And I was sitting at my little son's soccer game 
feeling frumpy, dumpy, grumpy, lumpy, you know, cellulite, <laughs> all the things. And watch my husband walk up with his new girlfriend who was, you know, way younger than me, cute, blonde, bouncy, everything I thought I wasn't. And I felt it. I felt the emotion rise. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Stacy, do what you know to do. And we had just learned it in grad school. And I thought, I'm going to I'm going to try this. So I did the whole stop method and I use the O. The O is so important to do right then. It has to be something you're seeing right now. Um, so I was looking around, you know, trying to find something to observe. And I saw this little girl on my son's soccer team that had two little blonde pigtails who was doing pirouettes down the soccer field. She had no earthly idea. The ball had just gone right past her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is precious. I want to be able to pirouette through life, regardless of what's going on around me. I want to be able to be so happy that I can just live in my own little world. And by the time I'd held that thought for 30 seconds, I was like, oh, my gosh, it worked. Oh, my gosh. Even in the midst of hurt and heartbreak and she was still there, she was still cute. It, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have control of my life because I have control of my brain. I love that so much. It's a powerful story. And I, I know that you also shared with us earlier that you used to be in a teacher for 25 years. So yes. how did you come into, what did you have to overcome, I guess, to, to begin this iteration of your business and to be able to serve in this way? It was really hard, I can tell you. <laughs> because I think for people who, um, I'm a giver by nature. I love, that's part of what I loved about teaching. I love research and learning information and then being able to share it. But as a teacher, you give and then you somebody you get a paycheck. Somebody gives it to you, you know, once a month and you never learn how to have value in what you do. It's what the value someone else told you you're worth. And, you know, as a teacher, it was not worth very much. So I had to overcome a lot of value issues moving into a field that, you know, definitely was different than the one I was in. I was the oldest person in my grad school class. There were people in the class who had come from med school. They were, you know, fresh out of undergrad. They were young and smart. And I didn't even know how to make the computer work to turn in my research papers. I failed my first exam. Um, you know, I hadn't been to school in 30 years. And I was like, you know what? It's now or never. Do the thing. You've done lots of hard things before. You can do this too. And I think it was the tenacity to just stick with it. And now looking on the back end, now that I understand how the brain is wired, consistency is the key because consistency is what builds brain patterns. And the more papers I turned in, the more I went to class, the more I understood this system, the school system, it was no longer novel to my brain. It was no longer scary. And that's why we have fear of failure is because something is new and we're so worried that we won't do it well, that we just don't do it at all because mm -hmm. our brains are built for comfort. They love comfort. They're lazy <laughs> and anything new requires tons of new pathways and tons of new understanding and your brain, every time it learns something new, it goes and searches for something old to connect to it. So it helps it understand the system. And the only system I had for school was what I did 30 years ago. 
and it was it was a little rusty. <laughs> I had to start all over. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have so many gems that you just dropped uh, just in that that little bit. But let's go back to you to failure because I love that topic about really how we learn. Right there, I don't. I believe that there are, there is no such thing as failure. That it's all about learning and about ways to move us forward. And if we kind of view it from that lens, that it kind of helps us continue to grow along the way. Is that yes. something that you found uh, that helpful for you? Absolutely true. And when they look at the brain and they see inside a human brain and they see our reactions to failure, it's really and truly based on what we think other people think. And that's what fear of failure actually is, is putting your opinion as more important than my own. Because I wanted to go back to grad school. I wanted to start over. But my failing my first test, I was the oldest person. I was worried that they thought I didn't belong there. And I almost let what they thought become more important than what I think. So each time you see something as a failure, stop and ask yourself, is what they think more important than what I think? And when you view it through that lens, it kind of changes things. But the brain is wired to fail. So don't look at it as failure. That's how the brain learns. And that's how it builds patterns. It's not doing anything it was not designed to do. It's designed to mess up and learn and readjust and reevaluate. Think about a baby when they're learning to walk. We don't go you fail. Don't ever do that again. I mean, think about how many times a baby falls hundreds yes. before it finally gets its balance and it learns, you know, to hold the little hands out. And that's how babies learn to walk. We don't shove them down, but their brains are not thinking about what you think. They're only thinking about what they think and they want to get over there and they want to do it by walking. Think about when we learn to ride a bicycle, how many jillion times do you fall down? We don't give up. We keep learning because a child's brain learns that way and we accept it as how we learn. But when we get older, we think we should know how to do it and we should learn it really quickly. That's not how your brain is designed. So when you use your brain for what your brain was built to do, you think about it differently. And I fail all the time now. But I don't even look at it as failure. I'm like, Whoa, girl, you're one step closer. And I know I've got one more wiring system now to help me get there the next time. Next time I don't have to do, oh, that didn't work. I'll do this now instead. All it is is a pathway to learning a new thing. I love that so much. Yeah, And also just kind of the view around when we're thinking about ourselves, I, I would say like 90% of the time, everybody else is thinking about themselves. Yes. Thinking about, you know, <laughs> do I have spinach in my teeth? What is going on with my hair? Like, yeah, they're, they, they're in their own little world. So we're worried about them judging us, but they're really in their own mind thinking about themselves, right? Yes. And we let that failure or rejection, particularly because rejection is a massive trigger for most women. I mean, actually most people, but especially women in general. And rejection is just something that stops us in our tracks. And I'm going to give you a great tip to look at rejection in a new way. It has absolutely transformed my life. So as a Southern girl, my Southern granny, boy, she could make the best sweet potato pie in the whole entire world. I love sweet potato pie. Uh, it's one of my very favorite things. So let's say you're having a Thanksgiving dinner and we do them big in Texas. Of course, we have every kind of thing. 
And when I would go there for Thanksgiving dinner, it didn't matter that she had worked forever on this amazing turkey or that green bean casserole was bubbling over or that the broccoli had steaming butter. I wanted sweet potato pie because I don't get it very much. I love my granny's sweet potato pie. Rejection is not about you. It is about what someone else deems as important in that moment. It wasn't I was rejecting the turkey. It, it's not even that I don't like turkey. I like turkey. It doesn't mean I don't like broccoli or sweet potato pie or biscuits. I wanted sweet potato pie. I wanted that. So when somebody rejects you, you automatically take it personal. But stop and tell yourself, oh, yeah, this isn't about me. They wanted sweet potato pie and today I'm broccoli and it's not about you. And I use that all the time. Think about how many things we reject. You know, when we go to Starbucks, we don't order everything on the menu. <laughs> We're not rejecting all the other coffees. We pick the one we want, the one that speaks to us in that moment. There are sometimes at Starbucks I order hot coffee and there are sometimes I order iced coffee. It doesn't mean I don't like the other ones. Just in this moment, this is the one that serves me best. So next time somebody rejects you, don't take it personal. Stop and say, oh, I'm broccoli. I'm that steaming, <laughs> delicious, juicy piece of broccoli. I may have butter dripping off me, but today they want a turkey. And it doesn't mean my broccoli is terrible. It just means today they want turkey. I love that explanation. I don't think I've quite heard it explained like that before. But it, that makes uh, complete sense. It's very clear. Um, so how do you get the inspiration and, and maintain the clarity for what you do? I think I literally call myself the self-help junkie. I read <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of self-help books all across my life, Tim. And they would work for a little while, but then they never stuck. And now I understand it's because that book was written with their brain and mm -hmm. no two brains are wired the same. Your brains are like your thumbprints. There's not a single brain in the world that's wired exactly like yours, which is why I help clients understand their brain patterns because theirs are different. Even if you have a twin, your brain patterns are completely different. And when I understood my own brain and how brains were designed to work, I have never again looked at life the same. And I, my inspiration is every day to help people who think they're not good enough feel like they are. Because I spent 45 years of my life thinking there was something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I've been rejected. I you know, had somebody just walk out and leave me, tell me they don't love me anymore and they haven't in years. And I know every woman out there has felt the sting of rejection or betrayal or, you know, some kind of hurt. And you can get over that. You can, you can still be who you want to be, but the secret weapon is your brain. And when you start talking to your brain, your brain will start listening. But if you let other people talk to your brain, it'll also listen to that. Oh my gosh. There's again, there's so many things. My brain is just like, <laughs> there's so, many, so much goodness. I want to go back to the books and then, okay. and then there's other things. So what books changed your life? Cause I know that you, um, said you did a lot of reading. Oh, lots and lots. I would say my all time favorite book, which is it's fiction based on truth is called the noticer. 
And I think I read that probably 20 years ago, long before I knew anything about neuroscience. Um, but it, it was a game changer for me. And it was about a person that was homeless, that lived under a bridge, that started reading about other successful people and found out that they've all had crummy stuff in their life and they overcame them. And I always tell people, if there's one person, there can be two. If there's one homeless person that became a millionaire, there can be two. If there's one woman who suffered domestic violence, who lived a happy life, there can be two. And we tend to think that there's nobody who's ever been in this mess or that I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Nobody this dumb has ever made it that far. Yes, there is. You go find them. You read about them because if there's one, there can be two. That's my all time favorite book. Then I would say my favorite sciencey book is Atomic Habits. And, you know, that is like all the buzz right now. Um, but I think our habits are, are patterns. And when you learn how to break those patterns, they, it's a game changer. And his four step method is genius. I use it literally every single day. Uh, so like right now, I'm a terrible eater. I, I, I wait until I'm starving and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't eaten today. And then I'll just literally eat whatever is available, which is usually something in a box or something terrible. <laughs> and so I am purposely trying to change my eating habits. So his little step is make it easy. So that's where I think our brain will fail us because we don't make it easy. And remember your brain is lazy. So if you don't make whatever you're trying to do very easy, your brain will pick the comfort zone every single time. So like right now, every night before I go to bed, I wash my apple and I put it beside my coffee cup. I make it so easy that I cannot miss it. Then the second thing is make it attractive. Um, and I put my little apple on the cutest little saucer beside my coffee cup. And so when I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at me being healthy. I'm so cute. And so it makes it fun. So I release dopamine, which my brain loves, and it makes building this new pattern fun and easy. Um, then the third thing is make it obvious. Put that thing somewhere where you cannot miss it. If you're trying to remember your vitamins and they're in the cabinet in the bathroom, Good luck getting that done because your brain will probably not do that. But if you put them right in the sink next to your toothpaste, you're probably going to be way more likely. So I put it beside my coffee cup because I know I'm never going to miss my coffee. It's obvious. It's right there. And then the fourth thing is make it satisfying. And that's where some more science comes in. I have little 30 day calendars all over my house. I have one in the bathroom. <laughs> I've got one on the mirror. I've got one in the closet. Every time I'm creating a habit, I use 30 days and I make sure I put a little check mark in that box. That's all I do. You can print them free online, just print out a blank 30 day calendar. But when you put that check mark on something that's creating a new habit, your brain is like, oh my gosh, we can do things. We can create new habits. And it's giving you the things you need instead of saying, you never finish anything. You never accomplish that. You finish your New Year's resolutions on January 15th and you never did another one. So <laughs> you've got to teach your brain to believe in you. And Bob, just something that simple, it can make it so satisfying that you love to create new habits. 
I love Those that. are my two favorite um, books. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I'm going to have to go on Amazon right after this and, and order those. Yes. Um, and and I think you're you're totally right. I think we our brains need proof. We need to see proof. So I things like journaling and I love your your tip about the calendar. And then there were, there was something else that you said that really struck me as well, which is that we're not broken. Like we don't yeah. need to be fixed. Like the woman listening, it's like, you're not broken. And, you know, I know that our media and marketing would have us feel otherwise, as, especially as women, that we need Botox and surgery. And we need a, a hair color or makeup, right, to feel like we're enough. Uh, but what is your, your take on that? Oh, yes. I think that social media is just brutal to women, especially. And I think that we've just got to think of ways to believe in ourselves. Because we are not broken. People aren't broken. Patterns are broken. But patterns were built, which means they can be rebuilt. And so if you think of everything in terms of brain patterns, and there's nothing wrong with you. Your brain is doing what it was designed to do based on either your opinion or someone else's. But that got wired in, which also means it can be wired out. And when you have the power to rewire your own brain, you are limitless, literally limitless. And now because of neuroplasticity, which I truly believe is the, the greatest you know, neuroscience discovery in the last hundred years, is understanding that our brains are up until the day we die, pliable. They're able to change pathways and change connections. And so if you think about it is literally never too late you can change anything when you decide that you want to. And a lot of people really want to, but they just don't know how. And that's why I think it's so important for practical tips. I always give people things they can learn today and use tomorrow, because I think without the practicality, it's overwhelming and it's way too hard. And really, it doesn't have to be difficult. The word neuroscience itself scares people. And they're like, oh, I don't know what that means. That's way scary. But really, it's not. It's not scary. And I think that sometimes neuroscientists talk to other neuroscientists and they try to play the one up me game on who knows the most and who <laughs> is the most impressive. And I think that those people already knew it. Like, why are we talking to them? Let's go talk to the people who don't have this information and let's help them. But never again do I tell myself I'm unloved or unworthy or broken because I'm not. And it took me till age 54 to like myself. And I look in the mirror now and I wouldn't want to be anybody else but me. Wrinkles, cellulite, muffin top and all. I like me. I've worked hard to get here. And this is who I am. I love that. that. That within itself is such a powerful message. Just being able, not only what you're saying about being able to reprogram the brain, which I know I, I work with NLP and I, I love that practice as well, just for that is, is helping people repattern things. But it's just the knowledge that we can share with people that you're not stuck. You're not yeah. stuck. And I love your message so much that it's not, that you're not broken that it's the pattern that needs to be broken. And the other powerful thing that I heard you say is when you decide. So when you'll change, when you decide. Right. That's really and, powerful there. And nothing, you'll never rise above the opinion you have of yourself. So it doesn't matter how much I tell them or you tell them or 
who tells them when they decide this is enough, I want to change this. I want to like myself. I want to be what I dreamed of being. That's when things happen because your brain is listening to you 24 seven. And we think if we don't say it, it's not going to affect us. That is not true. Bambi. And I know my mom used to tell me that, you know, the famous line from Bambi, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> and so we think if we don't say it, it's not harmful. But that is absolutely not true. It's the opposite. Because right? uh oh, did I go dead? Am I back? Oh, just for a second. We are back. <laughs> oh, yeah. What we are saying to ourselves is what really matters because your brain is listening to you more than anyone else. And if you wake up every morning and think, oh, God, I'm so tired. I should have got my clothes out. I don't have anything to eat. Oh my gosh, look at my butt in these jeans. I should have done this. You're, you've already released massive amounts of chemicals that are going to last you through the rest of the day. And how you wake up is usually how you go to sleep. And it usually travels with you all day long. And if mm. you'll just watch for patterns, just as simple as that, do you wake up tired? Do you go to bed tired? There's a pattern there. Look at how, do you wake up grateful? You're probably going to go to bed grateful. Think about how you can alter just some simple patterns and one pattern will lead to another pattern will lead to another pattern. And pretty soon you have a different life. Beautiful. I love that so much. Well, I want to be really mindful of your time. So I'm going to ask you one last question here and it's more just about um, you and, and your ability to grow your business. Like what's been your biggest uh, win recently that you can share with us? Um, I think as finally going live again, um, I'm doing my first live retreat in two years. Um, oh, and so exciting. Oh, I can't wait because part of what I love is the connection with people and, and, you know, meeting them face to face and the energy of a connection for me, especially is really powerful. So my first live retreat is in October in hot springs, Arkansas, and we're going to, have all the woo-woo that Hot Springs brings, and I'm really excited about it. And I think, too, the the biggest business game changer in, in my life, especially for somebody starting out, is give. And give powerful information, powerful tips, powerful motivation, whatever it is that you do, give it, and it will come back to you. Mm. I love that. That's perfect. And I absolutely love your energy. Thank you so much for bringing all of your wisdom onto the show today. And uh, how can the ladies contact you? What's the best way to find you, to work with you? I think um, the best way is on my website because everything's on my website. So if you go to thegratefulbrain.com and there's all kinds of free resources on there. There's my free Facebook group. Uh, that is the gratitude boost where I talk about gratitude and what it does to your brain all the time. You can schedule a call with me. Um, my Instagram is there. Instagram is where I usually post daily on just simple tips that you can do today to rewire your brain. And um, you can become a one-on-one -on -one client where I teach you your specific brain patterns and how to rewire them. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you. You're so and welcome. Yes. And I'd love to thank the lady who's listening all the way to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. 
And I want to invite you again to the virtual women's breathwork circle, which happens every Wednesday night. And you can sign up for that uh, at breathewithrisk.com. And that's at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I know we talked a little bit about, Stacy shared a little bit about the power of the breath. And I have a juicy deep dive breathwork experience waiting for you at our Wednesday night circle, where you can also come and connect with other like-minded women that are building businesses, that are leaders in their communities, and just want to come together in community and have a safe space to just let go and get refreshed, let go of all that stress in their body. So thanks again for, uh, for joining us, Stacey. And until next time, uh, goodbye for now. Thank Bye. you. Thank you.